Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. I don't believe in uh, coincidences, and uh, I do believe in acts of God, but I don't believe in coincidences, and I think it's really, really weird that Yugovni... Prigogine was a passenger on a plane which crashed with no survivors, according to Russian aviation officials, right? So this is the guy who was the Russian mercenary chief who basically Vladimir Putin just eliminated. Now, if you don't believe that, you're really naive. That's how tyrants. That's how communist dictators deal with their opposition. That's when you really start to worry about what's happening in your own country. When you see government targeting opposition parties, opposition people, you should be scared, really, really scared, because Vladimir Putin will eliminate anyone who gets in his way. It's confirmed, you know, uh, according to every website I've looked at, it is confirmed that Vladimir Putin will eliminate anybody who gets in his way. He doesn't forgive anyone because he's paralyzed with fear, and he should be. The whole world is against him. But he's also, he's also a man of vengeance and violence kind of like some people in our own government these days who seem to have vengeance on their mind. So tonight is the big, big deal, right? We're going to have a debate (laughs) of all the candidates who are not going to get the nomination, which is fascinating. That is the sign of a democracy that we'll get to hear from these candidates, even though if things continue the way they are going, regardless of criminal uh, indictments or arrests or surrenders or mugshots, none of the people you see on the stage tonight, not Tim Scott, not Nikki Haley, not Asa Hutchinson, not Chris Christie, not even Ron DeSantis, not Nikki Haley, none of them are likely to get the nomination. That's just the truth. Now, I would say that Vivek Ramaswamy is probably in the best position tonight because first and foremost, nobody knows anything really about him. He was just a successful tech guy. So tonight, if he can show he has some policy chops, I think millennials will sit up and take notice. I think women, you know, suburban moms will sit up and take notice. So really, this this isn't going to be about Governor DeSantis tonight. It's going to be about Vivek Ramaswamy. And I just kind of giggle when I think of like, what it's going to be like if he were to get the nomination 
and he were to win the race, and we would have a President Vivek Ramaswamy. Just saying it will be fun. So that's, uh, that's basically what I've been thinking about since this debate challenge came up. President Trump has already sent out all kinds of notifications that he is uh, the winner of the debate without even having to be there because all they're going to talk about is him. And I get that. He is the one they're going after. They, they fail to understand that if they don't go after Joe Biden and his administration, nobody is going to pay any attention to them. The people in this country are suffering. Inflation is crazy. I had a conversation yesterday with a young man who works very hard. His wife works. They have two children. And the grocery bills are extremely stressful for the family. And I was in the store. I was telling this story to somebody yesterday. I don't think I told it on the air. But I was in the supermarket, and I was behind a cart with a lady who had probably uh, maybe a 6-year-old and, and maybe a, like an 11 or 12-year-old, two kids, and a cart filled with groceries, except that they weren't the kind of groceries that you would normally expect the mother of two growing boys, they were both boys, to be buying. There were zero vegetables in the cart. There was zero meat. There was one package of kind of like uh, chicken bites or whatever, you know, some kind of frozen chicken tender thing. Um, and there was gigantic bag of cereal that didn't look extremely healthy, but did look kind of fun, and a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, a large jar of peanut butter, and some Concord grape. I'm reading this off. I wrote it down on my phone because it was kind of stunning to me. Now, maybe she had done a bigger shopping somewhere else, and this was just filling in some items, or maybe, maybe her family is stuck eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and frozen chicken nuggets that are probably not even chicken because they can't afford real food. That, to me, is sign of the times. I know my own grocery bill, and it's just my husband and I for the most part, and our grocery bill has literally doubled in the year. And now they're talking about closing stores and lockdowns again, closing schools and masks, and all of this should make you very nervous because they are hell-bent on changing America, fundamentally changing our country. I remember when Barack Obama said he was going to do that. Well, he started the process, and unfortunately for us, the process continues. Now, some of these guys are surrendering. He had two yesterday. Rudy Giuliani's about to surrender. First, he talked about how he was a state attorney and how he was a mayor of uh, the biggest city in America, how he took down the mafia, and he made New York City the safest city in America for a while. And I'm fighting for justice, he said. I have been fighting for justice from the first moment I represented Donald Trump. And as a man who has now been proven innocent several times, I don't know how many times he has to be proven innocent and they have to be proven to be liars. Actually, enemies of our republic who are destroying rights, sacred rights. They're destroying my right to counsel, my right to be a lawyer. They're destroying Trump's right to counsel. It's not accidental that they've indicted all his lawyers. I've never heard of that before in America. All the lawyers indicted. Now, whether you dislike or like Donald Trump, this is Rudy Giuliani speaking, whether you dislike 
or like Donald Trump or like some of my friends, you're just worried that he can't win a general election, which is nonsense. We had that worry in 2016 and we showed him. But anyway, he says, let me give you a warning. They're going to come for you. With the political wind shift, as they always do, let us pray that Republicans are more honest, more trustworthy, and more American than the people in charge of this government. Because if our government is conducted this way and the system of justice is politicized and criminalized for politics, your rights are in jeopardy and your children's. Donald Trump told you this, he reminded. They weren't just coming for him or me. Listen. Sometimes it is a very unpopular and lonely place standing on principle. Donald Trump has learned that the hard way. Rudy Giuliani has learned that the hard way. A man who was once called the savior of New York, the mayor of America, all of those accolades, and any association with Donald Trump will tarnish and trash your reputation forever. Why and how much they hate him is beyond my understanding, but I can see how it's infected even people who know better. So I'm going to tell you, it's extremely unpopular, especially when I get emails from various people, some people I know, some people are just listeners, who say, but you, you want to be on the winning side. Let me make this perfectly clear to everybody out there. If you've listened to me, yesterday was 33 years on the air in this market. 33 years. I've been telling you exactly how I feel with a few years off spinning records on uh, WJNA at the, you know, I don't even remember. It was 20 years ago. But all this time, I have stood on my principles. I don't back away because it gets uncomfortable or because people don't agree with me or because I think it might cost an election. At this point in time, the only reason that I support Donald Trump is because I don't think there's anyone else in the world who is willing to do what has to be done in this country. Everybody else is full of baloney, full of talk, full of nonsense. And we can't afford to wait much longer. This could all come cascading down in November of 2024. We could see this country turned upside down, inside out, and they will be, as Rudy Giuliani pointed out today to the press, they will be coming for me. They will be coming for you. They're going to control your money. They're going to have all this digital currency ready to rock and roll. They just need another term. They're going to turn our military into a bunch of woke sissies. They're going to endanger our national security with this open border and this unbridled drug trafficking that goes on into the country, killing hundreds of thousands of Americans with this fentanyl. These people are destroying America. And if you don't stand up to them, and if you pussyfoot around and tell me, well, but he's still not likable, you know, suburban housewives won't vote for him. Kiss my tuchus. Anybody who loves this country, faced with a ballot that says Donald Trump or Joe Biden is not pulling the lever for Joe Biden. I don't care how many liberal Democrats the name Donald Trump drags out. I don't even care how much cheating they do. There's going to be a groundswell. People are sick and tired of watching the government politicize FBI, CIA, law enforcement of all kinds, Department of Homeland Security. It's a joke. We're the laughing stock of the world. So 
Let me let me say this as clearly as I can. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm not falling on my sword. I'm standing on my principles. And I'd rather stand on my principles than fall for the garbage that apparently so many Republicans are falling for. And here's my final say on the matter. And I'll talk about other things because, you know, I'm just exhausted from this part of the fight. Here's my analysis of this. You're all a bunch of scared, namby-pamby, sort of closet liberals. And in the final analysis, when Donald Trump gets elected president again for his second term in 2023, you're all going to be talking about how you always supported him, but you just didn't think he could win an election. And I'm going to tell you all to kiss my tuchus. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. I really had to, uh, so many people who were... Well, actually, they were just commenting that I gave birth to a lawyer, but I ain't a lawyer. I gave birth to a doctor, but I ain't a doctor. I got a couple of degrees. I'm sure Dan does as well. But none of them would have prepared me to read through indictments. None of them would have prepared me to read Supreme Court opinions. None of them would have prepared me to read all the information that's coming out now about the COVID protocols. I don't know about the rest of you. But I feel the ground shaking as I begin to see reports of how various industries are talking about masks. And let's face it, you cannot get Americans back into masks. I don't believe you can do it. I really don't. You can't get me back into a mask. I'm not putting it on. I'm not taking any more needles. I'm just not doing these things. And for anybody out there who's still considering going along and doing whatever, good luck. Not me. I'm getting more requests for my you must refuse to comply buttons than I got the first time. So I'm ordering them. If you want one, I never charged anybody for them. I took on the expense myself. Somebody sent me a bunch of stamps. I still have those stamps. I will mail you. A, a button as soon as they come in. All you have to do is email me. That's it. And it's not hard to do. If you can't remember Joyce Radio at Gmail, then you're kind of pathetic. It's pretty easy. But I'm doing it. I'm putting those buttons back out. I had people send me a text message today. One of my friends who is a, a law enforcement officer married to another law enforcement officer, and they wear these buttons. You know, the good people, the working people of America... They are not happy. And so when people tell me, oh, but, you know, we need the alternative. We want to win an election. And, and maybe it's, uh, you know, it's Governor DeSantis. Look, Governor DeSantis has been a great governor. I say it again and again and again. He's the best governor I have ever had. Period. Period. I, I never had a better governor, not in New York and certainly not here. But even the super PAC that supports him posted all this sensitive material only days before the debate of this campaign. And the advice was, 
so basic that it really comes off as kind of condescending. Reminding the Florida governor to talk about his family, for instance, prescribing how many times he should attack President Biden and the news media. You know, he, he went crazy when he found out. The posting of the documents online was meant so that he wouldn't get himself in trouble with some of the campaign finance rules. But when you look at this memo, I haven't seen it, but I know someone who has. I'm not going to reveal my source. They said that the advice that he's being given in these memos is positively amateurish. It's the kind of advice you would give to somebody who had no political savvy at all, like maybe to a Vivek Ramaswamy, who I'm sure wouldn't even be embarrassed to say, no, I've never been a political person. I never ran for office. I've never had to do a political debate that would probably, most likely, include issues besides my forte, which is economics and uh, and tech. Uh, I'm going to have to talk about foreign policy. And by the way, is foreign policy uh, not not good, not good. But But he could get a memo like this, and it could be published, and he wouldn't have to be embarrassed. Of course, he doesn't know those things. He's never been involved in a political debate. But Governor DeSantis has been elected twice as a governor, multiple times as a congressman. Give me a break. He's an attorney. And he's a political animal. And the day will come, if he didn't completely blow it, that he'll have a shot at this office. I believe that. I think he's a potential presidential candidate, no question about it. Of course, I also believe that if Donald Trump doesn't win the next election, you won't see a Republican in the White House for the remainder of my life. Now, luckily, I'm old, so it won't be that long. We hope, right? Over the weekend, he had to say, well, I, I, I don't know anything about that memo. That's terrible. I, I didn't read it. It's not going to influence what I do. That is a self-inflicted wound by the DeSantis team. And the DeSantis team, let me say this as, as straightforward as I possibly can, and I've been saying this since the very beginning. The people surrounding Ron DeSantis stink like dog poop. These people wouldn't know how to win a national election if there was a golden pot full of uh, gold, like at the end of the rainbow. It's just not their forte. And so here you go. You got the big event happening tonight in Milwaukee. And here's the man who was considered the most, um, I don't know, likely contender against Donald Trump for the nomination. And he does nothing but slip slide into the abyss. I don't even think, uh, Donald Trump sent out a crazy email today, and look, it's, he's Donald Trump, and after tomorrow, he might not be able to send out many crazy emails, so you can anticipate a ton of them tonight and tomorrow morning, right? But he sent out some uh, some game, you know how people do these games during debates where, you know, you take a drink every time somebody says something, uh, blah, 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 but he said, in case you missed it, Ron DeSanctimonious Debate Night Bingo. And then it gives you like a board. And on the, on the board, it says, saved by Fox News, narratives, Ron backs down, Floridian, saved by Fox. How many times these things come up? And then there's a free space in the middle. <laughs> and it's a real bingo card. And I get it. I get it. You know, this is Donald Trump at his, well, some people would say at his worst. And I would say at his best. This is Donald Trump's uh, arena. 
And I look at those other people on that arena. I don't know about Vivek Ramaswamy. But I do know that this is not good for Mike Pence. I know this is not good for Tim Scott. It is not good for Asa Hutchinson or Doug Burgum or, I don't know, Perry Johnson, whoever these other people are, half of them, you don't even know who they are. Uh, it's not a good format or forum for anybody except maybe Ron and maybe Vivek Ramaswamy. We'll find out tonight, won't we? Because we have no idea if this guy can debate, if this guy knows has any policy chops. We don't know. So he's like, all eyes are on him. Because guess what? He's battling for second place. Who would have ever thought that? We thought the battle would between first and second would be tight. And in the beginning it was. We thought it'd be like, oh, you know, 40% uh, Trump, 38% DeSantis. I mean, those are the numbers that we were seeing in the early stages. And now it's like ridiculous. DeSantis is in the teens. Trump's in the 60s. Most of these other guys standing on the, sh on the stage don't even have 2% of the population behind them. And then came Chris Christie. The only reason that I'm actually going to watch the debate, and I'll probably be watching it not in live time, but the only reason I'm going to watch it is because there are very few things in life that make me laugh louder than Chris Christie going after Donald Trump. It's just funny. I mean, he has that same character that Donald Trump has, which is to find the uh, least likely comment that anyone else would ever make, and then just to blurt it out. The only difference between him and Donald Trump is that Donald Trump, in spite of everybody telling me he can't get elected, he can't get elected, he can get elected. And Chris Christie can't get elected. And Chris Christie was one of the lousiest governors that America ever had. And Chris Christie is Chris Christie. Krispy Kreme Christie. That's who he is. He's laughable. You know, it'd be like the only thing that would be more fun than watching this debate and watching Chris Christie spend all his time yelling about Donald Trump and calling Donald Trump names, the only thing that would be better is a debate between, um, what's his name, John Fetterman. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and anybody. You know, John Fetterman and the eighth, eighth grade middle school debate champion. That might be funnier especially with his new look. He looks like the guy on Breaking Bad. Nothing like Pennsylvania having a senator that looks like a drug dealer. Works for me. Anyway, um, I got to take a break, but I do want to remind you that if you download our app, the 850 WFTL app, you can get the show right on your telephone. You can get the podcast anytime you want to hear it. And the No Restraint podcast, which I still haven't recorded, you can get that too. So please download the app or visit the website, 850WFTL.com. Let me take a quick break. I'll be right back. You guys are super, super amazing. That's all I can say. All I did was say, if you wanted a button to send me an email, and in that one segment that we had, I'm now up to uh, 18, 18 requests. And I predict there'll be way more when people get out of their cars. And I'm going to honor every single request. I just upped my order of buttons. I went to the website, I ordered them online, and I went to the website and I said, uh-oh. That's not going to be enough. We need more buttons. So um, I'm excited. You know, 
I was excited the first time when I sent it all, uh, when I put it into motion and everybody told me, eh, nobody cares, nobody cares, nobody understands. Now everybody's on the bandwagon, right? Now I'm listening to other radio hosts talking about, like, oh, you better not put on masks again. You certainly don't want to be going through the same thing we went through before. Well, then you better stand up because these people are hell-bent, literally hell-bent on destroying this country. And I'm not joking. I, I mean, Mark Levin's new book is about how they hate America. He's absolutely right. I didn't read the book, but I know what he's talking about. I've never experienced this before in my life where I can't trust anybody who's got an official title. The Department of Justice, we can't trust them? Does that make sense? I got lawyers surrendering to, you know, to the, to the various uh, courts around the country, whether it's in D.C. or it's here, there, or anywhere. I'm a little uh, perturbed about that, and you should be too. I don't get it. I really don't. I don't understand why people aren't more concerned about what I see as the end of democracy as we know it the end as we know it. And maybe you'll go down without a fight. But you've got guys like Mark Meadows. He's not going down without a fight. He just uh, put in a motion, or his attorneys did. He wants the case moved to a federal court. Why? Because he was the advisor to a president. How has this got anything to do with Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis? Having people arrested if they seek to move their case from state court into federal court? They asked, uh, um, well, actually, it's Mark Meadows and the former Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark filed separate emergency motions asking Judge Steve C. Jones to stay the case in Fulton County and allow them to ignore a deadline, which has them all, they all have to surrender by noon on Friday. And they want it stayed until he rules on whether their cases can be moved out of state court. And by the way, you know, I heard a number of pundits last night talking about what they think Donald Trump should do. And what really concerns me is what are the attorneys who are right now surrounding Donald Trump supposed to think when all of his other attorneys are indicted? Are they supposed to give him advice? Are they supposed to negotiate with the Department of Justice, just in case at some point in the future they decide to go after Donald Trump for something else, I don't know, jaywalking. I'm watching how they have just pumped up the media coverage of this to the point where you, you have to admit, we've never seen anything like this. There's stuff going on that nobody's talking about to to, I don't know, I, I, I just get really nervous about how so many Americans are disconnected from this news. And that's tough. By the way, one of the candidates, Doug Burgum, I think he was the governor of, I don't know, <laughs> North Dakota, North Dakota. Um, memory, you know, comes in and out at my age, but he, he hurt himself just yesterday and he won't be able to stand for the presidential debate. Now, let me just say this. During a debate, 
the energy level on the stage is intense. You know, I haven't had a political debate in quite some time, but I used to do them all the time. And you get really pumped up. And the last thing you want to do is sit down while everybody else is standing and pumped up. So my heart goes out to uh, Doug Burgum. I know very little about him. People say he was a really good governor. I, I really don't know. I, I don't remember hearing anything particularly great. Um, he's certainly in the right age group. He's 67, which on, except for Vivek Ramaswamy, is probably the median age of the candidates, which is another problem for America, but never mind. Obviously, standing for two hours when your leg has been injured is problematic. So I just hope they get him like a really tall stool and he can put his good leg down and tap into the excitement. This guy apparently is super wealthy. He was a software executive. He ran for governor in uh, 2016 and then got reelected in 2020. Apparently he has spent millions of his own money to propel him into this presidential campaign. He poured money into uh, a tactic that offered donors $20 gift cards in exchange for donating as little as $1 to his uh, campaign. <laughs> I don't, we're just a mess. People in other countries have got to be looking at this and go, wow, you got two candidates there that not only are spending millions of their own money, but they're also like bribing people to donate a dollar to their campaign. That's scary to me. If I get one more plea, though, from any of them, I may just shut down everything. Because golly, you know, Tim Scott keeps crying. Nikki Haley keeps flailing. But they send out a ton of solicitations. I hear from Nikki Haley's campaign maybe 20 times a day. Tim Scott's at least 10, 12. Uh, DeSantis off the charts. But that I expected. Um, I don't. I, I hear from Vivek Ramaswamy at least 10 times a day. Uh, haven't heard much from Mike Pence. Haven't heard anything from Mike Pence. I don't even know why Mike Pence is in this race. Like, you should have just um, faded into obscurity. Most people remember you as the calm, reasonable part of that administration, and nobody really thinks you're presidential, Mike. Sorry. Um, Chris Christie, as I said, he's the laugh for the night. I actually should make a bingo card about Chris Christie, how many times he says the word Donald Trump. But yeah, the game would be over really quickly. I'd fill up my board in the first uh, time he spoke. So, I, you know, this is going to be fascinating. Look, I'm a junkie, a political junkie. I don't, uh, I don't love debates, but I have learned how to watch them for their entertainment value. And occasionally, I'll learn something about a candidate that might change my perception of them. And that's literally what has to happen tonight. Somebody on that stage has to shine. And I don't mean just shine in one comment. They have to shine every time they open their mouths. There has to be something about them that is compelling. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, if they spend all their time ragging Donald Trump, it might be a funny night, but it will not end up with a legitimate second place candidate. Just won't. But I think they all know that. I think they probably all got notes like uh, Governor DeSantis did saying only mention Donald Trump 
once in the first uh, response. Mention him twice in your third response and don't mention him at all in any other response. That would be my advice to all of them because the minute you say his name, his poll numbers go up. Just the way it works, you know. Anyway, let me take a break. Don't forget, coming up after me, Eric Erickson, Joe Paggs, Lars Larson, the Overnight Guys, and then in the morning, Jen and Bill will be back at 6 a.m., followed by Brian Kilmeade, a man who apparently has so much to say he needs multiple shows, and Dan Bongino, who didn't stroke out yesterday or today in spite of the fact that it sure sounded like he got close. And of course, I have one segment left today. I will be right back. Yes, there are still honest people in the world, and that's uh, comforting. I just hope that all of them are going to be participants in this upcoming election, you know, because it's, this is no time to take a step back. I know it's really awful. I couldn't agree more with how bad it is. But there are so many reasons to get involved now. You just don't want to be that person who has to explain later on to your grandkids, well, I saw it going downhill, but I was busy. You know, I want to be able to say, and I did, I said it to my grandkids this weekend, Bubby fights for you. My, I'm at the end of my road. You know, the rest is cake. If I wanted to just hang up my microphone tomorrow, everything would be okay. You know, I'm at that stage in my life. I said, and your parents are really busy. They work hard. They have to raise the family. So Bubby takes on the fight, you know, and I fight for the things I believe in. And I want them to know that. They don't have to agree with me, and they may not. They, listen, if they're not liberal when they're little, there's probably something wrong with them. And let's face it, I got a liberal daughter. Just do. And so, but I want them to know that once upon a time, they could walk down a street in San Francisco and think to themselves, this is the most beautiful city in the world. Instead of thinking, who is that guy breaking the window out of the back of that a nice car, nice EV, electric vehicle, and stealing the lady's shopping bags out of it. They don't have to watch where they're stepping so they don't end up with a Nike sneaker full of uh, human poop, okay? There was a time when that didn't, San Francisco didn't look like that. There was a time when America did not look like it looks now. There was a time when the American flag was raised all the time over people's homes, all of it. So, <laughs> oh, now I'm reading reports. This is getting funny now. You know, the the um, the Putin uh, nemesis, as they call him, Prigozhin. They now are saying that he may have died in a fiery plane crash, but don't get too excited because it could have been a body double aboard the plane. The notorious mercenary boss, whose gang of bloodthirsty soldiers has been blamed for war crimes from the Ukraine to Mali, is, quote, feared dead in a plane crash, along with 10 people on board. This is the same guy. He's 62 years old. He's a billionaire. And he led a coup against the Putin's regime two months ago. And he was warned, look, you know, you do that, Vladimir Putin is known to respond toast. But I don't know if it's him 
who was on board or his body live. This is absolutely nuts. All over the globe. Just crazy. Rudy Giuliani was right on the money today when he turned to the press and he goes, you guys, you're laughing now, but they will come for you. And they're coming for you and they're coming for me. And they're coming at us with the same nonsense they used the last time. We're all going to run and hide from some virus that won't kill us. And we're all going to be told that we have to behave in a certain manner because they said so. And for those of you who don't want to do it, email me, joyceradio at gmail.com, and I will send you a button. I just reordered a bunch of those buttons. I've already, let's see how many people have asked for them already. Oh my goodness. I may have to reorder them again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 56, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Oh boy, I got to reorder. We're almost at 40. Okay, but I'm going to get them and I'm going to give them to each one of you. And thank you, Anthony, for the stamps, which will allow me to send them to each person. Make sure you give me your address. There's no way to pick them up. The station doesn't do that stuff, but I will mail it to you because my friend Anthony, he gave me over, I don't know, like a hundred stamps the last time. So I will make sure that you get your button. Dollar store, here I come for envelopes again. Well, that does it for me. I thank you for your time this time until next time. My plan is to be back here in front of this microphone tomorrow at 3 o'clock, if it be his will, and he delays his coming. Remember, what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself and make sure you get a button and make sure you wear it. And thank you to my friend Carrie who sent me a picture of the button that she still wears every day. And she's in law enforcement. God bless you, your whole family. God bless the United States of America. See you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.